The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea, and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good baskets, put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous, and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. I have an uncle who was a legendary fisherman. Not a mere weekend angler, but he made his living fishing. He would set sail from his home on the coast of Denmark for weeks at a time, trolling the North Sea for all the abundance that the ocean had to offer. His kind is almost gone now, their fishing rights having been sold to enormous commercial enterprises, but a few still remain to this day. My uncle and his vocation remind me of the conceit with which humans sometimes approach nature from assembling wood and iron so that we might troll the deep to snaring the atom. How we as humans approach the natural world is quite audacious. Sometimes our ingenuity has, has resulted in the betterment of society. Other times we have laid waste in the wake of our folly. And sometimes the jury is still out. And there are those times when the natural world wields its massive power and we are reminded of how small we are. Just ask the folks who have no air conditioning. Our relationship with the natural world can be a testament to our intelligence and our ingenuity, and it can be also one of drastic consequence. 
Now, near my uncle, the fisherman's home, is a lighthouse. Lighthouses are enduring symbols of our, of our defiant nature, defiant relationship with nature. Yet, it is not a picturesque light like Hatteras or old Cape Henry. It is an ancient light, originally built in the 14th century. Instead of one single pillar, my uncle's light is an enormous black tripod, several stories tall, topped with an extended arm that lifts into the night sky a metal basket about the size of an oil drum that is filled with various things that will burn for several hours. The light is small and flickering compared to a modern lighthouse, but hundreds of years ago, it did the job. And like all lighthouses, it is an embodiment of that conflicted human relationship with nature. It is a physical manifestation of that legendary Dylan Thomas poem, do not go gentle into that good night, rage, rage against the dying of the light. It is Telltale Poe's lantern. It is Mike Mills belting out Superman. It is Galadriel's file. The fishermen who plied the waters of the North Sea did so at their own peril with nothing to protect them from storm and strife. Their families kept an anxious vigil, and some did not return. But for those who did, the lighthouse, modern or ancient, was more than a navigational aid. It says with beam and fire that we are still here, and we will not yield to whatever darkness or fear or chaos the deep might inflict upon us. All of us have lighthouses in our lives. They may be beloved books or pieces of music. They may be pastimes or hobbies. And more often than not, they are family and friends. These are those things that buoy us and propel us as we navigate the waters of life. But sometimes even the most reliable of these can fail, and we find ourselves in dark waters. We get lost in the doldrums of disease. We overcome by waves of loneliness. We are tripped by the eddies of addiction, and we are pulled under by work. Chaos winds and we are swept away. And we ask, whatever happened to the light? St. Paul wrote, as prescient today as it was 2,000 years ago, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
These are some of the most dramatic phrases in the entire Bible. Written to a Roman church that was declared illegal and driven underground by imperial decree. And they still speak to us in our modern life. For while we may not be the subject of persecution, we too feel lost. We too feel alone. We too feel frightened. We too feel the darkness closing in. But we too can find the light and be reminded of the light in Paul's words. The love of God, a love that is so bright, cannot be overcome. It cannot be stopped. However, while we know in our minds that the love of God is unstoppable, we often build walls around our heart to prevent us from reaping its benefits. We cling instead to the chaos, to the darkness, to the despair. For while so much we had depended on has failed, at least we know what the darkness is about. For this love, this love of God, it is counterintuitive. It is confusing. It is unpredictable. It is impactful. We impudently impose limits on God's love. We presume that God's love must be earned. We declare that God's love is exclusive. We expect God's love to point fingers. We believe that God's love will fail, just like everything else. But God's love will never fail. The love of God is not like the rod and reel of a novice fisherman lucky to attract one creature in the sea of billions. But the love of God is more like those nets that Jesus talked about in today's gospel, cast upon the waters and carrying in everything, catching fish of every kind. For no matter what, the love of God seeks us and finds us. God's love meets us and envelops us and supports us and lifts us up over the tumult and the wave. The light of love pierces whatever darkness might ensnare us and leads us home. If you are walking in darkness, when we find ourselves walking in darkness, look for the light. The light might be small at first, like an ancient lighthouse. The light might be hindered or confusing or difficult to follow, but the light remains and it is true and the light has been lit and it stands upon the shore. God's love will not fail. We will not be separated from it and it will remain even when all other lights go out. Amen.